0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Alright, so we were all in a good mood. It's been such a fun week here. We saw the Jayhawks beat Kentucky. We saw the Chiefs go to their third Super Bowl in the last four years, we're all in good spirits, we're getting ready to start the show, and then Landon and I in our ears, we just hear this, for the Almost second literally. time, yeah for the second time, Nick, whenever it comes to chairs and how to sit in them, you could say, we don't know what we're doing, how do you keep falling out of chairs?
2: Yeah, so I was I was fidgeting around with my podcasting equipment, and I. you ever have the chair that's just a little bit too far behind you, um, <laughs> when you're about to sit down? and you don't go for it. So you just kind of hit sit on the edge of it and it kind of tips and then you just kind of let yourself hit the ground. Also kind of did that because you guys like when I make really weird and obnoxious noises through my AirPods. So like is a very uh, subjective term, I'd say.
0: It is is true. So the three of us uh, do this podcast virtually and the best way to be able to get the audio going without a lag is with all three of us on a phone call that so that's how we hear each other and then we all record in our own microphones and when Nick wears his airpods any slight movement results in a very loud noise in our ears like it sounds like the garbage disposal is going in the background and it sounds like he put his AirPod in the garbage disposal when he's doing a very basic task so whenever he we falls tested. out of it yes we did test that so whenever he falls out of his chair the loud it's like <laughs> It's like that for, for all of us. But the good news is that the uh, master school business student has figured out how to sit in a chair correctly. Therefore, we're now all good to go. This is Inside the At Paint. At least I'm Fun not throwing weekend.
2: them like Bill- Bobby Knight.
0: Uh, <laughs> that is true. Uh, maybe, you could give, uh, maybe you can give Bobby Knight some advice whenever it comes to chairs. Whenever it comes to podcast, though, we know that uh, everybody's taking advice from us. This is Inside the Paint. I'm Ryan Landreth.
2: I am Landon Fields. And I'm a very clumsy Nick Wiper.
0: So, are you guys excited that uh, tomorrow, if you're wanting to watch KUK State, which is a uh, top top 10 matchup, both teams are ranked in the top 10, uh, which I guess is how top 10 matchups work, instead, you will not be able to watch that on ESPN because they will be airing the Duke Blue Devils, who are unranked. Just kidding. That sucks. That absolutely sucks. ESPN Plus. At least you'll be spared the whopper, whopper, whopper. They don't air that very much, right? On ESPN Plus. Mm. <laughs> this intro is ass, and it's a shame because this game was definitely not. It was really so, good. Okay, let's 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 talk about it. Let's just get on with it. Number nine, Kansas seventy-seven, Kentucky sixty-eight. Well, I know we've covered our fair share of KU beats Kentucky games, but. Every single time they do, we have to open up with this. Cal sucks
1: whale penis. What's wrong with that?
0: How about that? He he does once again outcoach by Bill Self. Your thoughts? They look good.
1: They looked in control for solid portions of this game. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they were never losing four in a row. I mean, they would, they would have had to have played, like, the 2014-15 Kentucky Wildcats for me to pick against them here. Uh, and this team is definitely not that for Kentucky – uh, Kansas, looked really solid. Very, very pleased with this
2: performance. Nick, general thoughts? They made clutch shots down the stretch this game, and they didn't get down by 15 at the beginning of the game today, or yep. on a Saturday. It was, yep. it was a miracle that the first TV timeout, it wasn't 11-4. to 4.
0: Yeah, that was the key, right? We talked about that, how the, they had been falling behind in several games in a row, and whenever you're playing the quality of teams, Kentucky's not great, but Kentucky's also a, a talented team that, Has Started to play a lot better in the last few weeks. You can't keep falling behind in these environments and expecting that you'll just be able to zoom Right on past teams whenever they get tired. It may work against Oklahoma and it worked against uh, You know, I guess it worked against K-State kind of they did come back in that game But you saw what happens at TCU and Baylor wherever the uh, initial barrage is just too much and in this game They did fall behind nine to four, but then they quickly erased that and really they played in control They played from ahead for almost the entirety of the last 30 minutes, Landon, give me a brief game recap about how we got to end the uh, losing streak that had been uh, plaguing the Jayhawks.
1: Yeah, like I said, the Kansas did control the second half, um, and they rode their stars to victory. Kansas led for the last 29 minutes of this game and down the stretch. Uh, three straight threes by Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick, and Kevin McCullough to put it on ice. Um, yeah, like Nick also said, close performance. Um, Kansas, they looked good. They looked very consistently good in this game. And a lot of their problems and a lot of the things that had plagued them over the three-game losing streak definitely, um, you know, th- were not present in this game or were fixed.
0: Nick, we had been discussing a lot of different possible fixes for this Kansas team, but I don't think any of us thought that really the change was ever going to have to be this dramatic Lineup shifting, turn the rotation on its head sort of thing. We had all kind of said that every team in this conference is going to go through a stretch where they lose 3 out of 4 or 3 out of 5 conference games. It's just too tough. The the quality of teams is too good. And the TCU game stunk. And the Baylor and the K-State games were just kind of games wherever uh, they're tough road environments. They played fine. They could have won either one of those games. But ultimately not losses that you feel like they just blew it like you did against TCU. It seems like that maybe just a little bit more sample size I was always going to even this up a little bit. It has to kind of feel like we we were correct in our assessment of they didn't need to change a lot. They just needed to keep doing what they were doing because most nights it was going to be good enough, and we saw that it was plenty good enough. Uh, plenty good enough for uh, Lexington to get a win over the Wildcats. We begin with Kevin McCuller. Uh, go ahead and tell me about uh, maybe the best Jayhawk in the game, certainly uh, the best defensive player in this game.
2: Yeah, Kevin McCuller, another double-double, one of his best games of the season with 11 points, 12 rebounds, 34 minutes. He was 4-for-10 from the floor, but hit some big shots in the second half, out-rebounded Oster to turning the title of being this game's leading rebounder, also played through an ankle injury. Uh, McCuller's performance was the biggest reason that Kentucky was held to their lowest offensive rebounding rate this season.
0: That's a huge stat because this is just one game after we saw Baylor. Basically, what carried them to victory was their performance on the offensive glass. Clearly, that was a point of emphasis in practice. Kentucky very good on the offensive glass, and Kansas eliminated just about every second chance opportunity that Kentucky would get. They did a great job forcing them to one shot. McCuller, the biggest reason why. Landon, this is McCollum's best game since December. He had had a really rough January for a few different reasons, and just about every aspect of his game wasn't going well. I think this goes to show just how how much better Kansas is when Kevin McCullough is not scoring no you don't have to score 20 but you got to get 10 out of him if you can get double digits out of McCullough, he's going to be good enough on defense and on the glass that he'll be a pretty solid player are we are we convinced that the now with the ankle injury self said he he will be available this week he's been getting treatment but isn't expected to miss time I assume we're we're very happy with this game for McCullough and confident maybe that he's starting to pull out of his slump Definitely happy
1: with this game. I mean, McCuller's definitely a guy that I think is going to give you some bad scoring nights, um, but I don't think he's going to give you a lot of bad outright nights. So I-, I definitely think your point is very valid here, Ryan, where if you get, like we've said a lot of the time, and like we've said for pretty much anybody outside of Grady, Dick, and Jalen Wilson, who you mostly trust to score, especially Wilson, of course, um, you know, 15 plus a lot of nights, um, as long as you can get 10 out of him, you know, uh, you're going to take that and that's going to be a really plus night for him because he's a very good rebounder and, and often a very, very, very good defender. Um, so yeah, as long as you can get some scoring out of him. Now on the slump, I'm not sure. Like I said, I think you're going to get some bad scoring nights out of him the rest of the way, but as long as he can at least shoot the ball okay, I think you'll take that. I'd still like to see some more three-point shooting out of him, um, but you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get and he was really good in this game.
0: See, an interesting conversation I was having on Twitter with a couple people. I said that I think Kevin McCuller needs to be Kansas's third best scorer. I still stand by that. K.J. Adams has been good. K.J. Adams has been their third best scorer, but I don't think it's to the point where you can rely on K.J. to be your third best scorer. I need Kevin McCuller to be the third best scorer, and then K.J., if he's consistent, it's like having two third best scorers. This game shows that even with... Uh, Even with Grady Dick not having his best game, you get a little bit of bench production and average game scoring wise from McCuller and Wilson and Ku's almost in the 80s against a pretty good defense. Like I think this shows exactly what you need from Kevin McCuller. If you can get double figure points, which should be consistently the third best score on the team. Even if K.J. Adams or Jalen Wilson or Grady Dick, one of them isn't having a great performance, you can still get enough points on the offensive end to, to ultimately be in a spot where you should be okay more often than not. And I think McCuller is the X factor on this team for a variety of reasons, but as long as they're getting bench production, that should take care of the five being a uh, not being a liability. If McCuller is doing his thing, then I think Kansas is really, really tough to beat. Another guy who's just really, really tough to beat is... Feeling like feel Self with all these big- because after a pretty brutal run in the early part of the 2010s decade, Bill Self is now 9 and 5 against Kentucky since he got to KU, 3 and 1 at Rupp Arena and 6 and 5 against John Calipari, 5 and 2 in the last 7 matchups. Uh, There's only one other coach that has multiple wins at Rupp Arena against John Calipari, and it's Rick Barnes, who obviously gets to go there every year. Bill Self has only gone there four times in his 20 seasons against maybe the best over the course of the last 20 years team in college basketball. Kentucky one of the best, and he still has managed to win there twice against John Calipari. Pretty impressive. Let's talk about Cal a little bit, because we'll talk about the other players. A few years ago, Landon, I know specifically with you, Nick always thought we were kind of crazy for this, and looking back on it, he ends up being right. We ought, we talked about how much fun it had to be John Calipari, to, for John Calipari to be our coach here at Kansas. Uh, this isn't even a debate anymore. Bill Self is so far and away better than Calipari. What changed? What Has your, has your tone on Calipari changed over the years?
1: Uh, I mean, it's gone all over the place. I used to, like, hate the guy. I couldn't stand him um, for quite a while. But then, yeah, he definitely grew on me for a while. But then, yeah, in the last handful of seasons, Kentucky's not been that good, that consistently. Now, of course, they've had really good teams here and there still. Um, but Kansas He's has been frick. far and away the better program uh, the last several seasons, uh, and and you know the luster on Calipari is wearing off. And and Bill obviously has always been a great coach. But um, yeah, yeah, Calipari is uh, the charm is less charming when you're not winning as many games.
0: Nick, you agree with that? Like, John Calapari still won a lot of games. He's won a national title. There aren't very many active coaches that can say that. Uh, has the shine worn off of him?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I just think that with the the amount of talent he has had coming in and cycling through Kentucky, particularly with the five star recruits, um, it's a little disappointing that he hasn't won a title since 2012 and hasn't really been in uh, a compete mode for the past few years. I think a lot of that you can attribute if you're comparing him on a b- basis with Bill Self is that Bill Self. Uh, gets good recruits, but they come in and become two, three, four-year players who develop under Bill Self. Uh, he has the opportunity to mentor and grow them as players and human beings. Kentucky usually it's one and done, um, and I don't. Think, I think that development, that lack of development at Kentucky, definitely hurts their opportunities in March. Uh, just a lot of inexperience; they have to work through new guys every year and get acquainted with the program. Um, and I just think that it's a different cycle and a different culture at Kentucky, and I don't know if that plays exactly in the favor that you know it does for KU and Bill Self.
0: So, John Calipari, this is his 14th season at Kentucky, so he's had 13 complete seasons. 13 seasons have resulted in six SEC titles, so about half. Six SEC tournament titles, about half. Four Final Four. so still one out of every three to four years, he's going to a Final Four. Some people look at that and they think, oh, well, a lot of that happened at the start, which it did. He hasn't made a Final Four at Kentucky since 2015. Made four out of the first six uh, in terms of for the first six years he was there, he went to a Final Four, hasn't gone to one since. I think that the, there. I don't know if there is a single game as of right now that hurts any college coach's legacy like the St. Peter's game hurt John Calipari because that was the second straight year that they didn't win a tournament game. Third, technically, if you count how the COVID tournament got canceled, but he hasn't won a tournament game since 2019. And that Kentucky team was heating up at the right time. Right around this time, we saw them coming to Lawrence and leave looking like a juggernaut. For them to lose to that 15 seed, a team that I think they beat nine out of 10 times, that just completely crushed his legacy. I think fans have gone too far with some of the slander against Calipari. I think he's still one of the 10 best coaches in college basketball. Not saying it might not be time for a change of scenery. That can help both schools. Kentucky could be just about anybody that's going to win games there. And I think John Calipari is good enough where he could win anywhere. Seeing him in a Texas or a place like that I think would be fascinating. But Calipari is still really good. I don't think he's as good as Bill Self, though, which I guess was the question that we were arguing several years ago. I don't think that's particularly close anymore, which is – partially because of Calipari not doing as well as he was. But I think the main reason for that is Bill Self has proven he is the best coach in college basketball for a variety of reasons. Next, somebody who's proven themselves as one of the best players in college basketball is Jalen Wilson. Uh, Tell me all about the Jayhawks All-America Candidate.
2: Yeah, Jalen Wilson led Kansas in scoring, finishing with 22 points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. Played 39 of the 40 minutes. Nine for 18 from the floor, including two for three on threes. Answered a couple of Kentucky runs with some late, huge, uh, late-in-the-shot clock jumpers. Jalen Wilson would be a legit National Player of the Year candidate if it weren't for Zach Eady. He's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, Zach Eady the National Player of the Year right now, but Jalen Wilson is probably second, Landon. You think that's fair? Especially if you look at those last couple weeks. I do think that's fair, and he was, you know, he was brilliant in kind
1: in this game. There's nothing really more you can say about Jalen. I mean, he' is a superstar. He's up there with the superstars of Kansas of the last you know of of the entire of the Bill Self era, really. Um, especially if he finishes the year strong. he's he's having one of the best seasons in the Bill Self era, and that is no small feat.
0: His last four games, he scored 113 points, which for those of you guys that are not good at math, that is 28 points per game. On 42 for 80, which is 53% from the floor. The man's taken 80 shots in his last four games, and he's making more than half of them, including 12 for 29, which is 41% on threes. The best stretch by a very good player that he's ever had. Uh, I saw an argument on Twitter between somebody said that he's better right now than Ochai Abaji was at any point last year, and somebody ran to the rescue and said, no, that's not true, and they were just kind of throwing haymakers back and forth without really arguing it. So I'm curious what you guys think. True or false, Jalen Wilson's, senior, or Jalen Wilson's season right now is better than Ochai Abaji's.
2: I don't think so right now, but if he finishes the year at the same clip, then it, it is. I think Nick. if you look at the supporting cast, I think it has more to do with that. I think Ochai Abaji was on a more stacked team, um, and his contributions—you know, you know—he had a supporting cast around him. Jalen Wilson is having to do a lot of this on his own as well, so I think you have to take that into consideration.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Like Ochai Abaji probably would have scored more if his surrounding cast didn't have Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick. Really, there's only one other scorer on this Kansas team. I think that the right way to word it is that Kansas has three scorers. They have two whole scorers, Wilson and Dick, and two guys that each get a half a point, McCullough and Adams. Adams may be working his way up, but for now they have less scorers than last year's team did. So I think that's fair. Either way, Wilson's season is fantastic. Landon, another guy whose season is fantastic, one of the guys we just talked about, a great game from KJ Adams after back-to-back stinkers.
1: Yeah, he came back in in force in this game. 17 points, 8 of 10 from the floor in just 24 minutes. Got in foul trouble trying to defend Oscar Shibwe. Not a lot of shame in that. Only also had two rebounds, which is not a lot. Uh, but Oscar really had no answer for him when Kansas was on offense, which that says a lot because that's a very physical, physical matchup, and KJ was able to withstand it. Also noteworthy was Ernest Ude, who had his best outing of the year with 12 minutes, threw down two dunks, finished with four points and also two rebounds. How important is it for Kansas to get him acclimated as the potential backup center? I think quite important. If they can get him going, that gives you a legitimate second option at five. But I think that's also true for pretty much anybody if they could get them going.
0: Yeah, Nick, we've been talking about Ernest Uday and how he was anywhere from being on a milk carton to being completely dead, and now all of a sudden... With Zuby Edgefor's injury, Bill Self said today that Ernest Uday going forth is going to be the first big off the bench. Remember that ask RCB we got a couple weeks I'll ago go. about if Zach remember we got that ask RCB a couple weeks ago about if Zach Clements has for sure taken that first guy off the bench spot, and we all were like, Nope, just watch. Well, there you go. Ernest Uday played great in this game. Granted, Kentucky's defense wasn't anything special, and they just really pick and rolled to death. It's about as easy of a couple shots as Ernest Uday is ever gonna have in his career, but Man, Nick, you got to be pretty inspired by the way they performed here, especially if we're going to get more Uday off the bench coming up.
2: Yeah, uh, go ahead and read about him. He had his best outing in the year, 12 minutes, threw down two dunks to finish with four points, two rebounds. Um, like you said, backup center worthy. Uh, we've been talking about it all season long, how great of a potential this guy has. Uh, reminds me a lot of a young, uh, very raw Yudoka Azubuki before he put on a lot of muscle,
0: but uh, I think that he has the potential to be a KU great big. I think that you're going to see more Uday than that we have been but I'd still be surprised if he becomes a regular rotation player this late in the year we don't normally see Bill Self in late January early February start playing a guy that he hadn't played all year unless it's like Remy Martin where they are a reigning all-america caliber player I would love to see Uday get 12 minutes a game I'll be stunned if it happens KJ was awesome They need a six foot 11 big presence to be ready whenever they play tall teams in the tournament. We've seen the TCU matchup, we saw the Tennessee matchup. KJ's great, but KJ cannot make himself 5 inches taller whenever they're going up against 7-footers. you got to have someone that can go out there and be competent. They don't have to be NBA Joel Embiid. They can't get embarrassed. And I think that that's pretty much what Uday did in this game. He wasn't spectacular, but he held his own. He He bridged the gap when Adams was on the bench. He gave you a couple of easy baskets, gave you a couple of rebounds. That's what they need from Ernest Uday, and I don't know about you guys, but I have way more confidence that Uday can do that consistently than I, than I do about Zach Clements. Yeah, I definitely,
1: I mean, obviously, Ernest has really the highest potential of any big on the team, including KJ, I think. Obviously, KJ's performing at a much higher rate right now. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if you get Uday going, um, that gives you, like Nick is saying, at least the potential to have a yudoka style big guy um which would be huge for this team in the long run
0: what happens next year assuming that uday and adams both come back are we going back to a too big lineup i guess kj really isn't even a big if you think about it what happens there well he he's not
1: a traditional post like style but he is their post player um I don't know. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Maybe you try to play him at the four and, and Uday to five. Nick, what would you do in that situation?
0: What is next year's lineup next year, if you're guessing?
2: Yeah, I, I'd want to see next year's lineup first. But, I mean, I think that there's a possibility that they play together.
0: I mean, what? It's going to be Dewan Harris. It's going to be – if MJ Rice doesn't transfer, it's him – uh, KJ Adams and Dewan Harris will start that's, gotta that's throw Mitch Lightfoot much... in there somewhere obviously yeah I guess yeah he still has some eligibility I don't know if Kevin McCuller is done after this I don't know if he still has one more year or what how that's gonna work because um, I know this is his fourth season and he would be eligible for five I don't know if that goes away if he transfer I don't know how that works Um, So, and I'm sure that much like it has been in the last couple years, the portal is going to be in play. Wouldn't be surprising to see them go get a starter, maybe multiple starters in the portal, just depending on who leaves and who transfers out of here. Uh, This was a year where nobody transferred out of Kansas, and you still saw Kevin McCullough transfer in and take over as a starter. So, just imagine what could happen if they actually lose multiple starters to the portal. So, I think it'll be interesting, but I do think that KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller, or excuse me, KJ Adams and uh, and Ernest Uday need to get some minutes together as well. I'd like to see what a two big lineup could do whenever you're struggling on the defensive end. Maybe if you're struggling on the offensive glass against a team like Baylor, put those guys in there and see if they can snag you a few of those misses. Couldn't hurt to try. Uh, Landon, tell me about the job that Kansas did on Oscar Sheebway. He only scored eight, or he did manage to score 18 points on six for nine from the floor, but he was held to two, to just nine rebounds and only two. One of the game's best offensive rebounders had just two offensive boards. You got to be pretty happy with the job they did on the National Player of the Year from a year ago.
1: Yeah, it's pretty weird for an opposing player to go for 18 and nine, and be like, "Wow, they did a really good job on that guy." Uh, but I think they did. I think they played really well against Oscar Shibwe. Uh I think he was relatively quiet for most of the night. Certainly had his moments uh, as he's going to because he's Oscar Sheebway. But I, I, I was pleased with the way Kansas defended him. I was pleased with the way KJ Adams asserted himself in that game. Same with Ernest. Uh, yeah, I, I thought not a lot of complaints there. It, he's a great player. He's going to have his time. He's going to get his buckets. Uh, he's going to have his rebounds. But I thought Kansas asserted themselves really nicely. Um, against a guy that really, in theory, should have been the worst matchup of the season for the Jayhawks for the reasons we were just talking about with, with you know, the size at post, with the lack of depth in the post, but it wasn't, and they, and they looked really solid uh, on defense against Oscar.
0: Watching this game, uh, I this is as much as I've watched Oscar Shibwe since he became bold capital Oscar Shibwe. We saw him a couple years at West Virginia, and he was a very physical player, but he never was this dominant. Oscar Shibwe right now is Perry Ellis, if you had made senior Perry Ellis three inches taller. Because he is great on offense, and they cannot defend him. Every single time Kentucky did not throw the ball to Oscar was a win for the Jayhawks. I don't know why they didn't do it more. But Oscar Shibwe cannot defend were two flips, and it was apparent that Kansas knew that. Kansas attacked him every time they could get him in space to either go around him. We saw several alley-oop lobs on the pick-and-roll play when they would get Oscar Shebway stuck out there. They did their scouting report and I think that's part of the reason Kentucky has struggled. Oscar's great. He'll score 20 points, but he's going to give up plenty of them as well. Oscar scored, what What did we say, he scored 18 in this game but KJ and Ude, and Ude combined to score 21. Net, net loss for Kentucky. I think that's pivotal uh, whenever you look at that guy and whenever the rest of the team isn't very good on defense oscar looks like a liability they did great against him nick tell me about kj adams
2: yeah grady dick grady dick yeah uh
0: uh, yeah grady dick i'm all over the place sorry
2: uh dick was not all over the place only made one three (laughs) though it was a huge one all over the place (laughs) (laughs) uh He's in college, you never know. It was, It served as the metaphorical knockout punch late in the game. Finished with 13 points and 33 minutes, going for three for six on twos, just one for five on threes. He was also uh, He also added five rebounds. Did miss a couple of layups, though, that could have made his final stat line uh, much prettier than it actually was.
0: That three was cool, though. That three was cold-blooded. That really put the nail in. Uh, hold on one second. That's me shooting myself because I've had a really bad performance so far, so here I come back to life. Oh, I'm horny. Okay, ready to go. Let me restart. So yes, Grady Dick, absolutely. He uh, just continues to impact the game in ways wherever his main weapon isn't going for him. Landon, I think that's what makes him. Everybody on Twitter is like, "Is he really ready for the NBA?" I've always thought that the way you know that a player is ready for the NBA is if how do they do when their main their main piece of their game isn't working. Whenever they don't have their best card, are they able to still dig deep? we see pitchers in baseball when their their stuff isn't just wicked today can they use their secondary pitches to carry them through for quality outings or in football whenever a defensive coordinator will take away one of your best options can the quarterback adjust and use his secondary pieces to get the job done well this is several games now from Grady Dick where his main attack point with his three-point shot has been off And he's found ways to impact the game. Gotta love how he can still score 13 points even with his main weapon not falling. Landon, he's gone, right? This is a one-year player.
1: Yeah, I'd be blown away. I mean, he did grow up a Kansas fan, so I guess there could be a very small percent chance that you'd think, like, well, maybe if he isn't, like, a projected top, you know, 10-pick, Maybe he comes back for some reason, but I would be stunned, really. I mean, he's been very good. As Ryan says, he has shown an ability to be able to score in more than one way. Uh, his defense is, he leaves some to be desired, but I think he'll grow a lot there. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's a 6'8 shooting guard. Like, that's an NBA player.
0: Oh my gosh! CJ Frederick? Are you kidding me? I thought for sure he was going to become the first player to make more threes than attempted in a game. And he went 0 for 5. I couldn't believe it. That's how you knew it was Kansas' night. Beautiful thing to see. Very rare, but beautiful. What are the repercussions of this game for Kansas? Like They celebrated in the locker room a hell of a lot for a team that just took down a... Unranked team that's in the midst of a tough season for their standards on the road, uh, but you could tell there was a lot of relief with both Bill Self and Kansas. What does this game mean for KU going forth to have that losing streak off of off their shoulders? Nick,
2: I think it means a lot, uh, confidence-wise, morale-wise. I think going into a game uh, with 3 gate losses on your belt, I don't think it necessarily is a is a downer for the team. I think it's more motivation to end the slump. But I do think it just uh, is a confidence boost. Uh, They saw some shots fall, which I think will serve them well against K-State on Tuesday. Um, I think that the this team and college basketball in general has been a season of runs this year. Baylor started off 0-3, and look at them since. Uh, yeah. uh, as we talk about this, they won five straight. So uh, college basketball, game of runs, in-game, is, is it's game of runs outside of games and, and regular, just season-wide play, it, it's its runs. So I think Kansas uh, has, is poised, uh, especially and has a big opportunity this week, to start getting some, some ranked team wins and uh, get another winning streak going.
0: Well, Nick said that uh, you know that the the Jayhawks' record and their recent struggles really shouldn't get you down, but something that definitely will get you down are the freaking refs because boy are they bad again. I like how it's just become a 30-second blurb in the middle of all our KU game recaps where we just say, "Yep, the refs sucked. They were really bad." The Refs getting in this worse. Uh, yeah, they suck more Ass. than they have sucked before. They're getting worse. You're just no- you're also noticing it more. They are awful. Ass. The final foul difference was 18-11, to 11, which really is another nail in the Kansas gets all the calls argument coffin. Uh, they are in bed with Oscar Sheboy, I wrote, which yes, it does feel like that, but I'm not going to be the guy in the, in the glass house that throws stones talking about how Blue Blood gets some ref protection sometimes. They do. Landon, why do you think refs are getting worse? Because, boy, I got to tell you, if there was ever something that would cause the scream drop to go off, it's the prospect of refs getting worse.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, refs, I think, should absolutely stop calling multiple sports, at, especially at the same time. Like, each sport should have its permanent refs. Um, I don't really care how much money that takes because all of them have enough to pay. So just do that. Have refs that are your permanent refs and always call your sports games. And then if you're in the offseason and they want to call their things, that's fine. But when it's in-season, they have to call your sport. Um, also, Bengals fans, you have never gotten a positive call in your life, and that's a, that's a guarantee for me. anyway. Auto- auto-
2: for as much as we want to automate the West Coast Conference graduates' jobs like McDonald's grocery, hey! sack, or grocery sackers and McDonald's employees, we have not talked about automating. Probably the most controversial thing to ever exist is sports officiating and, and, and calling games fairly and, and where they don't have an impact on the outcome. Uh, Sir, have you watched C-SPAN?
0: Have you watched C-SPAN for a solid five minutes? I'd be careful before you say refs are the most controversial topic in the United States. Uh, but it is up there for sure. I didn't I say, say that.
2: Re- when did I say that? I didn't say they're the most controversial in the U.S. I said...
0: La- I Landon, am I tripping or did he? I thought he did.
2: I was watching TV. I didn't hear him.
0: We're all... Yeah, you know what you get on this Sorry, show? Fine. The first time I just shot a, I just shot myself. Now I'm going to shoot all of us. But yes, refs are terrible. Um, and I, and Nick, where I thought you were going with that is we want to automate all. We need to give better jobs to those West Coast Conference graduates. Let's train them how to be refs. They're athletes. Let's let's get the the scrubs that lose by forty to Gonzaga year in and year out and make them college college sports officials. What could go wrong at that point? Maybe they'd have some bias against Gonzaga, which would be great. Yes, I'm so tired of officials. They're all awful. You can't watch any sporting event at any level anywhere without hearing about the officials. You're always going to have crybabies, and Kansas fans definitely are crybabies about officials. But it's just, you just want to watch a controversy free game, and it's, it's the baseball has the best chance of doing it because you could actually, like, yeah, soccer too. For the most part, baseball and soccer are relative. No, on uh, have a relatively low amount of judgment calls. The guy either swings or he doesn't. The guy either reaches first base before the ball is thrown or he doesn't. Basketball and football are all judgment calls. You're never getting a solution that's going to make people happy.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm very tired of refs, and I, I'm I feel like I was the one that really like at least within us three really brought up like, hey, refs are terrible all the time, always, and everything. Yep. But ever since I have, it feels like they've just gotten more and more apocalyptic. It's been terrible. I hate it.
0: Yep. Yep. That's that's what you get. And l- the fortunate part for us is we root for the big 12 refs. <laughs> that never goes poorly either. Uh, DeWan Harris, I haven't read a player monologue yet, so I'll take this one. He did exactly what he needs to do night in and night out, which is make a couple of threes and take good care of the ball. Harris finished with eight points, which matched his eight assists in 37 minutes. He was three for eight from the floor, making two early threes that helped prevent Kansas from falling into that another early hole that Nick was talking about earlier being so important. Uh, the backup point guards were a disappointment. Bobby Pettiford and Joe who combined for zero points in 12 minutes. Uh, can somebody tell me what Bobby Pettifer does? I can't figure out what you he dribbles does. dribbles some. What and turns think, it over a little bit.
2: He plays hard. That's all that matters, apparently. Play hard chart.
0: Yeah. Landon, you I, you told me that I was too high on Bobby Pettiford at the start of the year and I saw him play pretty well. I think he had eight assists in the game against Omaha and I thought I was on to something but the problem with Bobby Pettiford is he doesn't look to score. Go to the basket and try to score. I cannot stand it whenever players go in the game and don't try to score. I don't need them to take 30 shots, but I do need them to try to score. It's basketball. You have to try to score.
1: You have to create try offense, and that's what Dwan Harris, this season especially, has largely been really good at. Even if he is specifically not trying to score on every time he's touching the ball, he is creating a lot of offense and getting a lot of assists. Bobby Pettiford
0: does not really do that a lot, and that is a big problem. So what, what, what's the path with Bobby Pettiford here? Because Dewan Harris is here. He's going to play two more years of college after this. By that point, Bobby Pettiford will be a fifth-year senior. There's only going to be one season, and it's three years from now that Bobby Pettiford will be here and DeJuan Harris won't be. Uh, I don't know what the path for Bobby Pettiford is because they really can't have him and Harris on the floor at the same time. Neither one of them looks to score.
1: What do you think, Nick? Because I, I, don't, I don't think... I could see Bobby Pettiford transferring. I could potentially see him just becoming a good backup point guard, but he's certainly not that yet.
2: Uh, I so I don't see him having a role at Kansas, personally. I think Bill Self likes him, which which maybe that would negate that. But I, I, I don't think he does anything particularly well. Um, and he doesn't even uh, compensate for Dewan Harris well. I don't think that he's great uh, at defensively at times. Um, and I just don't think, I don't think that he's the, the, an alternative, especially when you have a point guard already that can't score. He, he hasn't produced any o- offensive productivity this season.
0: It kind of feels like he's last, last year's DeWan Harris, but he plays half the minutes. Like, and that's just not enough at this point for a team that doesn't have Ochai Abaji, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick, Remy Martin. Think about how much of an eyesore that uh, DeWan Harris was at times last year with all those other scorers on the team. This team doesn't have half as many scorers as last year's did. So you absolutely have to have... You, you can't put guys in the game that can't score. Joe Yesifu is more of a scorer. Not necessarily a... He's not going to go get you 20 a night, but he at least looks to score. I also don't really need to see much of Joe Yesifu either. I think Pettiford is their best shot going for it. I just think he has to look to score more. Some other not, some other notes here. Zuby Ejafor had an offensive rebound turn basket in four minutes. Then he twisted his ankle and was in a walking boot on the bench after that. Bill Self said this morning in a press conference that he ex- he's expected to miss... A considerable amount of time, very well, could be season-ending. From the, I didn't hear Bill Self say that, but the vibe I got from Bill Self is he's not coming back for a while. Uh, MJ Rice got five minutes, but was benched shortly after entering both times because he made exactly one defensive mistake, which means he is on the bench for the rest of eternity. That's how it works, right?
1: Yes, correct. <laughs>
0: What do you think about uh, the last question before I move on here, Landon? I want your take on this because you have been the only one of the three of us that has agreed with Bill Self whenever he says. I Bill Self isn't saying this out loud, but Bill Self is deciding to not play MJ Rice as much. Are you in agreement with this, or do you need more MJ Rice? I mean, look, I don't. I mean, I think this has probably been mostly
1: an injury thing. Um, he's done a couple of good things, but I have been largely unimpressed with him. Now, I, I don't, I would not mind if I see more than five minutes of him. I don't have a problem with him playing. I like seeing young players play. I think it's interesting. I like to watch them develop. I like to see, you know, watch them to see what they're good at, what they're not. Kind of evaluate them. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be any kind of key for this team. Like, again, he scored against one opponent and it was the worst opponent Kansas has played this season.
0: You're right, but I also wonder what's going to happen when you get into an NCAA tournament game and Jalen Wilson's doing his thing and you probably have uh, Kevin McCuller playing pretty well and Grady Dick goes cold and DeWan Harris isn't looking to score and Bobby Pettiford's getting 17 minutes and putting up one shot. Then what? Wouldn't MJ Rice be the guy that you would try in that case? Maybe, but I don't know what...
1: I, I genuinely don't get it, though. Like, MJ Rice can't shoot the basketball. I mean, yes, he's athletic... But I just don't think he's a scorer. We haven't seen no no evidence that he can take guys one-on-one. We've seen no evidence he can shoot. Like he gets rebounds and puts them back or he catches dunks, which is not nothing, but like he's not a guy that's going to lift you in a big tournament game, I don't think, unless that tournament game is against like Mississippi Valley State
0: hey you know they're probably getting one of those teams I've seen them get Texas Southern in the tournament before I just think MJ Rice has to be given a chance before we can know what he can do he's And I agree with Remy that. Martin,
1: I do agree but... with that don't get me wrong
0: I want to see him play I just think it's weird
1: to like place a lot of faith in him to think like he's the guy that could lift you because I just haven't seen it and I, I also have a bias against non-shooters and that's that's on me I suppose but that is the case
0: Final notes in this game, 49% from the floor, 38% from three, and 90% at the free throw line. All decent numbers. The Jayhawks finished plus five on the glass and had just six turnovers in 32 minutes. Always fun to see the Jayhawks win a game at Rep Arena. The guys are cackling about how John Calipari is a loser, I guess. That's what the laughter in the background is, right? That's, that's totally what it is. That sure is and, it. Uh, Gonna empty the holster uh, before we go to an air horn. Gonna empty the holster with John Calipari drops.
2: Calipari's a god, himself is a dwarf.
0: But- John Calipari, you smug prick.
1: Cal <laughs> sucks whale penis. What's wrong with that? Do whales
0: have penises? <laughs> I don't
2: know, but I thought it was funny.
0: Whale penis. We googled and found out yes, whales have penises, and they are the size of a school bus. So stay away if you see a what, whale approaching what, you for any reason.
1: What did you, like? What did you think a whale would have instead of a penis?
0: I mean, that was Daniel and Josh, in fairness. They were the ones. I didn't doubt that the whales had penises, but they needed to make sure, and sure enough, it the whale, yeah, and it looks like whenever a drawbridge down there on the beach opens up <laughs> to let the ships pass, that's kind of what it was, if I recall. Sorry to anybody listening with their kids in the car, but what do you expect? We're talking about John Calipari. All right, now let's talk about the rest of the challenge because one actually went well for the Big 12 this year, and I'm going to make sure I get this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the bat of laughter so just just a behind the scenes look I know some of you guys know this happens but just go ahead and throw it again out there. So Nick is incredibly talented with photoshops and just being able to to throw funny captions on basically he's a he's a walking meme generator is what he is and he likes to play this game when Landon or myself are deep in reading of a paragraph he will in our Google Docs post a, large, hilarious, inappropriate generated meme that he's created to try to throw us off our game and make us laugh. It works almost every single time, and if it doesn't work, it's because we've tried practicing our composure. It got me, and Landon, I think you may have one coming for you at some point in the next few Yeah, I'm a little scared. Well, I was also scared of this challenge, but hey, the Big 12 won seven games to three. It's their first uh, challenge victory in a couple of years, and it's their most dominant win that they've ever had. We begin with the team that was picked to finish last in the Big 12 that ultimately got a win. Landon, over to you. Number five, Kansas State 64, Florida 50. Working on it. Working I'm literally on
1: it. so nervous, and I'm I'm trying not to laugh <laughs> already in anticipation of Nick posting a meme that he has promised Stand to unleash storm upon for me. as
0: long as you want, then.
1: The Wildcats will enter the Sunflower Showdown. At 18-3 overall, as they handled Florida from the jump for an easy win. 13 points for Keontae Johnson in his first game against his old team. Marquise Noel matched those 13 with 13 of his own. On defense, K-State held Florida to just 18 made shots.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm very sorry, everybody. Nick did it again. It's very inappropriate.
1: I'm so glad I got through it, but that is hilarious. You did
0: that that's that's pretty good but yep, not touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> sounds like Alabama just uh, they, they didn't want any part of this Wild game Oklahoma 93 number two Alabama 69. Nick you said Alabama was the best team in the country and they couldn't stay within 20 of an, of a big 12 team that looks like they might not make the tournament. What the heck happened to the Crimson Tide? I still think they are but uh,
2: it was it was not good. Uh, they completely got blown out. Oklahoma actually made shots for the first time ever. Uh, Does this game provide any sort of insight about how much more superior the Big 12 is to the SEC? Never close. 30 points for Grant Shurfield. 26 from Jalen Hill. Tanner Groves added 14 points and 12 rebounds for a double-double. So, big game for him. Uh, Yeah, Landon, I think think your meme provides insight into how
0: most of these states think. Oh, use your imagination on that one. Landon, to answer Nick's question, does this provide insight about how much more the superior Big 12 is when compared to the SEC? I think, yeah, I think there's something there. We saw the best teams in the SEC struggle to keep up with the best teams in the Big 12, with the exception of Tennessee. And TCU was uh, on their way to win in their game until their point guard got hurt. So, yes, I think this proves that the Big 12, definitely, the bottom of the Big 12 compared to the bottom of the SEC, it ain't even a contest, right?
1: Yeah, I would agree, although I do think the margin of victory here is is a bit fluky, that it's that much of a blowout. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Big 12, clearly, clearly the better league,
0: no doubt about that. Number 4, Tennessee, 82. Number 10, Texas, 71. Landon, you picked the Longhorns on the road. Uh, that's never That has not worked at any point that you've ever been on this podcast. Uh, why did you start here, and why were you wrong? I legit forgot I did that. I thought i
1: picked Tennessee. Oops. Uh, that's an Oops, L. Indeed. Um, not really a close game here. The Volunteers were excellent on <laughs> offense, 56% from the floor. It's a really good defensive team. Uh, Oliver N-N-Kamu, uh had 27, and Zakai Ziegler had 22 and 10. Texas offense didn't play that bad, but the defense was very bad. The Longhorns got 21 bench points. From the uh, All Names team captain, oh yes, Sir Jabari Rice. I've heard of Sir Jabari. Sir Jabari, Jabari Rice. man, amazing. That's name.
0: awesome. Uh, that, I don't think Sir Jabari Fields would work, so I, I understand, no, Landon, if you decide not. not to name your son Sir Jabari. But you know, you I can't wish. Win them all, I guess. Mississippi State eighty-one, number eleven TCU seventy-four, and overtime. This was the highest-ranked Big Twelve team to take an L. Uh, But TCU didn't have their two best players, because Eddie Lampkin already didn't play because of an ankle injury, while Mike Miles hyperextended his knee in the opening five minutes and did not return. He's already been ruled out for this week's game against the Mountain Mamas, and it may be a little bit before they get him back. It sounds like that he's very lucky that he didn't suffer structural damage in his knee. This happened right at the start of the game, and it looked absolutely terrible. Uh, that yeah, it's actually on the bottom of the ESPN screen right now timetable for return is uncertain but they need him if they're going to go on any sort of a run for the Big 12 title he is the preseason Big 12 player of the year after all somebody named Toulouse Smith scored 27 for Mississippi State TCU's leading scorer was Damian Ball with 19 this was the most surprising of the Big 12 teams to lose but whenever you consider that they didn't have their two best players it still took them to overtime not a bad performance at all Well, somebody that uh, we had a split room on who would do well. You guys should never go against. Because Missouri, 78, number 12, Iowa State, 61. Nick, tell me about how the fighting grills aren't so hot when they don't have grill
2: the cyclones were without grill like you said but it was their defense that failed them in columbia the tigers made 14 threes kobe brown led the way with 20 points and 12 rebounds despite 19 points from jaron holmes and four threes from gabe kalsher iowa state was never really in this how good do you think this team is
0: i've been wrong all year i was kind of like this last year and i didn't end up being right but i didn't really end up being wrong either I thought Iowa State would crater after their... Remember, they entered uh, conference play undefeated last year, and I thought they would completely crater. They didn't, but they also were just okay. And then they went to the Sweet 16 when they had a couple breaks and their path open up. Landon, I don't know. I, I still think that if, if if you gave me a piece of paper and a pen and wrote, rank the best of Big 12 teams from best to worst, I think I'd have a hard time putting Iowa State in front of anybody. I think the highest I'd really put them is six. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it is, it is tough to say because we have seen Iowa State play some really, really good basketball. We've also seen them have some games like this um, or, you know, even games that they've won where they've not looked super impressive. Um, they're a tough team to gauge. I, I do think you're not totally wrong, Ryan, that their talent level um, is probably lower than most of the rest of the Big 12, but at the same time, they do get a lot of results. Um, and again, I think being without Caleb Grill, who is a legit legit good player this season uh hurts them in this game but i don't know yeah i think you're probably right i might put them at five-ish but they are a solid team with a solid
0: upside so iowa state's got 10 games left i'm gonna read them off keep track of how many wins you have in your head all right you guys ready let's do it at texas tech kansas at west virginia oklahoma state tcu at k-state at Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, at Baylor. How many wins you got? 4. Yeah, I had 4 as well. That would that would Nick, is that about right?
2: Yeah, I said 4. That
0: would get him to 10 and 8. And I think 10 and 8 is exactly about where we have them. If they go 11 and 7, it wouldn't surprise us. If they manage to go down to 9 and 9, that wouldn't surprise us either. They're all right. They're an above average Big 12 team, but they ultimately are going to finish. I'd be surprised if they finish higher than fifth. Is that fair? I think so. Missouri. Uh, no, not Missouri. Uh, wait, did somebody already read? Yeah, we already read that, right? <laughs> yes, that was the team
1: you were just talking
2: about.
0: I was watching basketball West Virginia 80 number 15 Auburn 77 how about this suddenly landing the Mountain Mamas can't be stopped
1: yeah great win for West Virginia over a good Auburn team West Virginia did have a huge lead and blew it, which has never happened for them, actually. Um, But in (laughs) less shocking news, they recovered to survive 31 points, including seven threes on ten attempts from Eric Stevenson, getting all of that bad juju against Kansas out of his system and putting it all out on Auburn. Uh, Does West Virginia have a shot at an at-large bid, Nick? Mm, I don't
2: think so. Maybe the uh, NIT.
0: Maybe, like... They got it, but they're going to have to pick up a win somewhere. Like, they're, they're what, 2-6? and They're going to have to get at least 8 Big 12 wins, which would require going 6-4 and the rest of the way. And I'm not sure that team can do it with the schedule that awaits them. They still got to go at Allen Fieldhouse. They still have to go to Baylor. They still have to go to TCU. I'd be surprised if they made the tournament. But they're better than Texas Tech, so they're not going to be last, I think.
1: I would agree with both those statements. I don't think they're going to make the tournament. I don't think they're going to finish last, unless Tech finishes hot, which is possible, I suppose.
0: Number fifteen or seventeen. Number seventeen. Baylor sixty-seven. Arkansas sixty-four. This was an entertaining game that went down to the end, but twenty-four points from Keontae George and twenty more from Jayhawk Killer LJ Crier were too much to overcome. The Razorbacks, who a lot of us, I think one of us, it might have been you, Landon, predicted to go to the Final Four and got off to a great start. They started 11-1, and and they are 3-6 and six since Christmas. These are the type of seasons that should make you appreciate Bill Self because these schools get all this talent, and they're not quite sure how it fits together. And, well, look how it's going for Arkansas. Not great. Any hope they can get it together?
1: I don't think they're going to keep on a 3-6 and six train, but certainly they're not the team I was thinking they might be.
0: And then these last two games, let's just buzz through these here. Texas Tech, 76, LSU, 68. Uh, Nick, it's the first time that they've won for a long time.
2: Yeah, 22 points from Kevin O'Banner. It's their first win since December 27th. And unless you count Louisville, it's their first win over a Power League team all season. Oklahoma State beat uh, 182-60 against Ole Miss. That's my job, sir. That's my job. You said to go through this quickly, and I was taking your orders.
0: You know I have very little to live for in life. At least let me read the scores. (laughs) Oklahoma State, 82, (laughs) Ole Miss, 60. Now, sir, you may may advance. Green light.
2: Uh, 18 points from Caleb Boone and 17 more from Avery Anderson, who won Big 12 Player of the Year, or Week, sorry, last week over Jalen Wilson.
0: Yeah, that's absolute ass, that they gave a player that averaged like 13 points in two games, Big 12 Player of the Week ahead of Jalen Wilson. Absolute ass. But hey, you know what? I'm surprised. The Big 12 never has any ass that we're complaining about, right? Never? never. No. Yep. Big 12 standings. Just kidding. You already know the Big 12 standings because there were no league games this weekend. But there were lots of other games. Landon, get us started number one purdue
1: rolled michigan state at home 77 to 61 which means they will probably be the unanimous number one on monday they are 21 and and one on the season one loss was a one point home l to rutgers of all teams they are running away with the big 10 leading the conference by three full games at the halfway point zach Eady had 38 and 13 rebounds yeah he is the player of the year too bad for jalen wilson because he's having a fantastic season but zach Eady, man on a heater
0: It should be illegal to be that tall. I'm really not sure how you would, you know, make that a thing just because you can't. I'm not suggesting they kill all tall people, but, like, you can't. 7-4 is unfair. They should make him play with one hand tied behind his back. It's not fair.
2: Yeah, uh, despite trailing most of the night, number three, Houston rallied late to beat Cincinnati at home, 75-69. So that counted two losses for Cincinnati this weekend. Uh, they're not very good, but considering how good the American League teams are, it's probably one of the best wins Gonzaga Jr. will have this year. Uh, freaking, 25 points from Jerris Walker and a late three from Jamal Sheed to get the job done for the Cougars.
0: Friggin' love that, how you threw a little zinger Cincinnati's way. That was hilarious. Um, all right, let's go on to the Pac-12. Number six, Arizona, rolled Washington on the road. And number eight, UCLA, got outscored by 27 in the second half to lose at USC. Not nice, and I saw that. Both teams <laughs> have eight wins, tying them atop the Pac-12. Nobody else is any good. It might be a two- or three-bid league. Also, our weekly Cal update, they are 3-18 and 18 after losing by 29 points at Stanford. Not at forensics or anything. They just lost at basketball, and Stanford sucks at that.
1: Another team that sucks at basketball somehow is ask, Louisville, and they lost ask, by double digits against ask, a, Notre te- a Notre Dame team that was 1-9 and nine ask, in ACC ask, play entering the day. Ask, the Cardinals even worse than Cal, 2-19. and Ass.
0: I was going to push it once for every loss, but then I realized it was 19. I should have done that back in November if I wanted to do that because eesh.
2: Number twenty-four, Clemson still runs the Atlantic Coast Conference this week. A one-point win out against Florida State to get to ten and one in league play. Number seven, Virginia is on the right is right on their tail though, beating Boston College to improve to eight and two. Uh, the third-place team there is also Pitt, uh, who beat number twenty Miami to earn their eighth league win. Duke is uh, got a uh, also obliterated Georgia Tech on the road, winning eighty-six to forty-three. Really g- legitimate league there.
0: Yeah, and Duke and North Carolina play this weekend, I think, and I haven't seen hardly any ads for it. Neither team's any good. I guess that may be a reason why, but I'm sure we'll still get to watch the slobber fest over them happen as we watch more basketball this week. In the Big East, this is my favorite league other than the Big 12. It's a very entertaining conference. Creighton starting to get hot again. Rolled number 13, Xavier, 84-67. to 67, Behind 20 points from Kansas villain Arthur Kaluma. And 17 from Ryan Kalkbrenner. The Blue Jays are 7-2 since starting their season 6-6. Six six. Remember, this was a top 10 team back whenever they played in Maui, guys. They are going to ruin somebody's selection Sunday because they are nasty. They're going to be a... At this point, 8 seed again, and yeesh, don't want any part of that. That 3-point shooting uh, team that, that we've seen almost take Kansas down last year. They almost took the defending champ of the national champs out in the first weekend. Number 16, Marquette bitch slapped DePaul, 89-69. And number 23, Providence got past Villanova on the road to keep the top of the league knotted up. Xavier, Providence, Marquette, all 9-2. and two. Can I say bitch slapped? That's a, that's a word we haven't normally used, but I feel like it worked. I don't care. <laughs> Alright. Oh, well something I do care about. Um, I missed out on $90 because of bleeping North Carolina AT&T. Whatever their stupid name is. I felt good about the Jayhawks' chances of winning. So I, put, I just picked Kansas and then five really heavy favorites in a parlay this week. Teams with like minus 800 odds on the money line. North Carolina A&T lost to a Monmouth team that was like 1-17 at home this weekend. <laughs> so, they're not getting a Christmas card from me. Uh, I wonder if George Pappas was watching the game.
1: He's always watching.
0: Yeah, Monmouth. The freaking, hold on, let me find Monmouth basketball. Stupid, this really irritated me. So, Monmouth is, they were 1-20 entering this game. And they went on the road, and they beat a middle-of-the-pack team in their league by double digits on the road! What the hell?
2: That is a bad beat. This is what you get for parlaying teams that are favored, uh, or minus 800.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I got what I deserved. But still, I was right there. Right freaking there. And also, the same conference, I believe, has this next blurb. Yeah, team we've never talked
1: about on this show. Number 18, Charleston. Saw their 20-game win streak snapped. By a uh, by losing at home to Hofstra. Who could have seen this coming? What in the
0: blank hell? That's, okay, Charleston, that's how you're going to let your winning streak end? Lousy. Nick, have at the next blurb. It's all yours.
2: There's <laughs> uh, a minefield. Uh, number St. <laughs> Mary's got a buzzer beater to beat BYU and Pre- Pre- Prevo, as Brian says, not Provo. Keeping them undefeated oh, in a game in front of number 14, Gonzaga, in the West Coast Conference. Somehow, Gonzaga is ranked behind St. Mary's. Despite being worse, the Bulldogs beat a bad <laughs> Portland team.
0: <laughs> 82-67. I mean, if we want to call it for like it is, that league is so bad... It's unbelievable. Yes, St. Mary's and Gonzaga play this week. I think it's Saturday night in a game that don't even waste your time. Gonzaga's going to win it because that's the that's their that how Kansas always beats next big thing in the Big 12 team to keep that streak alive all those years. That's exactly what's going to happen this weekend. I, I know what's going to happen. Landon is uh, really going to town on uh, proving my point even further that we're not big fans of the West Coast Conference. Ranked teams to lose since we last did a podcast. Almost all the way at the top, number two, Alabama, lost to Oklahoma. Number eight, UCLA, lost to USC.
2: Number nine, Kansas. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Number 10, Texas, lost to Tennessee.
0: Uh, Number 11, TCU, they lost their best player, and then they lost a basketball game to Mississippi State.
1: Number 12, Iowa State, lost to We Are Mizzou, We Are Mizzou.
2: And uh, number 15, Auburn, lost to West Virginia.
0: Just about every single game on here is either a Big 12 team losing or somebody losing to a Big 12 team. Not this one, though. Number 18, Charleston. Very first time I've ever said that. 399 shows. We've never talked about Charleston. They lost to Hofstra.
1: And number 20, Miami lost to Pitt.
0: All right. There's there's that picture of Mark Few. (laughs) Very drunk. That's just going to sit there. I say that that has to sit there in our notes until they do not win a West Coast Conference. That's Yeah, I knew that was coming, too. I knew. (laughs) Interesting choice of words there, considering the topic. (laughs) Ask RCB! So, you know how Ask RCB works by now. In case you don't, let's demonstrate. Landon, what happens if I want the cool guys on Inside the Paint to answer my question?
1: You're going to look for the tweet that Ryan sends out with the hashtag Ask ask RCB in it, and you're going to respond to that tweet.
2: Uh, but that's wrong, happened? man. And you're actually going to Venmo at Wipert and send $5 and maybe we'll consider your question.
0: But wait, that is a what happens way if that I is have very a question? Valid. What happens if I have a question, but it's not about the Jayhawks? Is it still allowed? It's even more allowed. It's
2: going to be $10 on Venmo. In
1: fact, I'll <laughs> kiss you in person if you do that.
0: What? But. but uh, I, okay, I'm going to need everybody that likes to send us questions to post a headshot in the Twitter responses, please, so I can know what Landon's getting involved in. As his boss, I have to sign off on this. I could be held liable if things go south.
1: I, I saw I saw your question, Ryan. I'm sorry I looked ahead. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. All
0: right, well, why don't we go ahead and lead off with that one, Landon. Give it a read.
1: From at Ryan underscore Landreth, wouldn't hey, it rather him. be a Kentucky fan for 100 straight NIT seasons or date a woman with a large tattoo.
2: <laughs> you know, Kentucky in the NIT—that's a lot of championships. It sounds like. <laughs> if you're, I mean, according to Texas, absolutely.
0: I'm so glad that he uh, that he that you played that up, Nick. I'm glad that you didn't just like stomp your feet. And you're a good sport. You're a good sport. In case anyone, hopefully, to there's other... no
2: Robert Morris's. Yeah. Uh, follow-up question: Would you rather date a woman with a tattoo of a guy named Robert Morris? <laughs> or a uh, Kentucky lost in the IT to Robert Morris.
0: All right, if anybody gets a tattoo of Robert Morris, I'm going to assume that Robert Morris is a really old guy. Like, he's dead, I'm assuming. I'm looking up Robert Morris images. Who? Let's see here. Oh, my gosh. Old doesn't even begin it. He's probably rotted through his grave and has fed all the worms for the rest of eternity at this point because uh, he is a very old old man. He was a financer. He was a founding father. Did you guys know that Robert Morris was a founding father? I figured, considering the school's logo. He was a senator from Pennsylvania, and he passed away in 1806. So he's uh, doing about the same as he was. Also, last pastor Robert
1: Morris, who is 61. Okay, maybe that's who you're getting a tattoo of.
0: He had seven kids, so somebody should see if one of them is alive and celebrating their 160th I wonder if any birthday.
2: Of it, yeah, I wonder if they had any tattoos.
0: <laughs> if they did, then there's no reason you can't get one, Nick, or fall in love with somebody that has one. All right, next question. Landon, go ahead and read for a little bit. I, I need to take some time. All right, let's see what we got here. Um, well, here's another non-basketball question from at
1: Breck and Honey. Who's winning the Super Bowl? The Chiefs are.
2: Mm,
0: yeah, uh, Eagles. I, yep. Ooh, and Nick thought that the Bengals would crush the Chiefs yesterday. That hey, got on my nerves.
2: It's reverse psychology. That's why the Chiefs won. He's pulling a me oh, yeah. from last year.
0: Yeah, I guess that did work, Nick. I'm gonna need you to pick the Eagles with confidence now. After uh after how that worked, that's funny. Uh, Eagles 31
2: to 14,
0: just like I, Bengals 31 to 14 at Cam Lepo golf kind of a follow-up to that a little bit um who gets more calls at home the chiefs or the uh, the chiefs or the jayhawks well
1: obviously the chiefs because obviously the nfl is rigged and it's just like the
0: wwe so yes that is correct which fan base Um, is
2: more delusional chiefs fans or jayhawk fans oh wow we're
0: going there it's a venn diagram it just they overlap (laughs) they're overlap yeah they're the literal same fans they root the same way uh, no, being good means you have a lot more of all sorts of fans. Jayhawk fans have never been humbled. Chiefs fans have had it good for so long that it's been a little bit since they've been humbled as well. But always good to see uh, to see Chiefs fans for the most part look like that they were uh, behaving themselves yesterday, celebrating the big Chiefs win. Uh, Landon and I have been rooting. I'm 27 years old. Landon's 22. Nick's 22. So Landon and I, in particular, Nick wasn't as much of a Chiefs fan growing up as we were. I mean, we would have laughed our butts off had you told us what was about to happen in 2017 when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like the the Chiefs, at least their fans earn their stripes. Jayhawk fans have quite literally you could you could be 20 years into your fandom and the worst season you've ever watched was a four seed. KU fans are so spoiled that it's sometimes not as easy to admit that they do get calls at Allen Fieldhouse. They do, for the most part. They don't get all the calls, but. They do get a lot of calls. It happens. It's basketball.
1: From at MacAttax WX, when will Dick get
0: out of the limp? And then parenthetically he adds slump. Hmm. Mm. Hey, phrasing! Hopefully soon. I mean, he shot the ball pretty well against Baylor. Uh, didn't play well against TCU. Didn't play well against K-State. Shooting the ball, at least. And then Kentucky just one of six. So you know eventually it's gonna the, the dam's going to bust for him, and he's going to end up making four or five in a game. But uh, it'd be great if it was this one against K-State. That feels like a great spot to pick it, because usually Kansas kids play pretty well in sunflower showdowns. K-State's defense has been a little leaky. Maybe just enough of a seam for Dick to do his thing.
1: Uh, Nick, one for you from Grilled by Billy. If you were stuck in a dark alley with four people coming at you with only their fists, would you feel comfortable if you had KJ Adams fighting for you? With you, I should say. Uh, Yes,
0: because you said with. I do not want to fight KJ Adams. That's a good question. Okay, let's take that question. You have four people coming at you with their fists. And they're four mafia mob members. They're real tough. You can pick any three Jayhawks to fight with you. Who do you want? on the current team or all time on the self era because two of them are already determined to be the Morris brothers. So you only have one more choice,
1: (laughs) uh, probably the Morris brothers. And I don't know, Jamari trailer. That guy had huge, huge arms. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Those guys could, could that, that you'd feel pretty good. I would just stand behind them the whole time. Thomas Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. That would work as well. You'd have plenty of options.
2: I wish my name was Sir Jabari Rice. <laughs> well, you can always change it. There's
0: always that option. Sir, J- sir Jabari Wipert, maybe? Is that I, the same I should be Sir
2: Sir, Sir Nicholas Wipert.
0: I, only if you keep the stutter that you had there. Sir, Sir, Sir Nicholas <laughs> Wipert. Now, that would be a name that would make Bill Self very proud. At Dick underscore taser, Ochai slowly faded last year while Wilson looks to be getting better. This sounds crazy, but is Wilson the better player? I think it's definite that he's had a better KU career. What say you guys? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh that is tough. I'd have to really like
1: take a look and, and look at the numbers and, and watch some highlights probably. Um I think Oach has had the more ascendant career. I don't that's definitely not a debate. Um I don't know. I like I said though earlier in the show, if Wilson finishes the year at this exact pace, then he's definitely had a better year. Because Oach, definitely he wasn't terrible down the stretch, but he definitely he definitely faded. Um, so we'll see. Ochai had a
0: better freshman season. Wilson had a better second season. Abaji had a better third season. I think. I think junior Abaji was better than last year's Jalen Wilson. Um, and then the senior year, you could argue that Wilson's been better. He has by three points per game. Uh, but as as we obviously know, whenever you're talking about a national champion. Uh, it's going to be hard for Jalen Wilson unless he wins another ring or gets back to another Final Four. I think that's going to be really difficult. Another part of this question is Abaji's sophomore year. They were the number one seed going into the tournament when it got canceled. Who's to say that if Kansas had won that tournament, and Ibaje, his whole career would have played out differently. So that being up in the air, I think, makes it hard. But I think that if I had to choose just one whose career to have, it's Ochai Baji. The guy had the most decorative season last year that any Jayhawk has ever had since Danny Manning when he was a first-team All-American Big 12 Player of the Year best player in the Big 12 tournament, most outstanding player of the Final Four, national champion, first team All-America, all that stuff. Until Wilson gets half of those credentials, then I am going to ride with Senior Abaji. Nick from at K Eden 14 with
1: the way Jalen Wilson is scoring like he is in Big 12 play, does it make him the favorite over Zach Eadie for player of the year? No.
0: I think he's second, which yeah, I know he doesn't. I mean, Zach Eadie, to give you perspective, is averaging 22 points, 13 rebounds, and uh, another two blocks per game, shooting 61% from the floor, and he's doing it on the consensus number one team in the country. That's a national player of the year. Unless he gets injured or goes into a tailspin and Purdue loses like four out of seven games, Zach Eadie is going to be the national player of the year. But Jalen Wilson has first-team All-America completely locked up at this point. (sighs) From, I got Soul Cole... If you could add any current Big
1: Twelve player to this current KU team, who would it be? His personal pick is Eddie Lampkin.
0: Uh, Eddie would be great. He'd be really fun to have. Um, I, I might just it might just be the Elmo Chaos meme and add Keontae George just so I can just watch the reaction. And whenever they lose one game, I could hear people talk about how Dewan Harris is better than Keontae George because he's absolutely not. Um, but who's the best pure big in the Big Twelve?
1: Is it uh, is it Lampkin? It probably is Lampkin, but I was thinking Mike Miles for similar
0: reasons to you, Ryan. Just bring me a guy that scores twenty points, and I'll find a place to put him on my team. That's pretty much. Um, at let's see here, uh, at Alex Fisher Ku with Kevin and Ernest playing better than decent, or excuse me, with Kevin hurt and Ernest playing better than decent. If Ernest starts at the five and K and KJ starts at the four on Tuesday, will that be something they consider? No, Self has said that Kevin McCuller is uh, is good to go. Even though I would be very interested in seeing an Ernest Uday and KJ Adams on the same on the court at the same time together lineup, I think that would be really fun, especially against a K-State team that isn't going to offer a whole bunch of defensive resistance. They don't typically play that big. Uh, yeah, I think that could be very efficient. I expect Ernest Uday to be a contributor on Tuesday night.
1: Nick from at AJ Stevenson. A.J. Stevenson. I've always read that it's A.J. Stevenson. It's A.J. Stevenson. Uh, why do we blame the bench for lack of production and not Bill Self for poor recruiting slash poor team building?
0: Boy, we have done this so many times. We have just we have argued this point since we were like, what? <laughs> the first year on this show?
1: Probably
2: so. Yeah. Nick, what,
1: what's your thoughts on it, though?
2: Uh, I, I think that that's a fair and valid point. Uh, I don't think we've been any short of criticizing bill self in the past so i think it's a fair argument
0: it's the same thing over and over with bill self he recruits very good teams and kansas is never going to play the 12th guy on their bench the 12th guy on kansas's bench is better than the 12th guy on just about anyone else's bench there's always talent there's always talent that's not going to get played when you're at kansas but we always say whenever they're playing texas southern in november Or that first game of their 3 game Maui tournament when they're playing Chaminade. Huh. They're up 32 and Jalen Wilson's still playing with 4 minutes left. This could be a great time to get Ernest Uday some minutes and it never happens. More of that would I think go a long way we've gone through the March losses we've gone through the freshmen that don't play in the end of those games and then we saw what happened last year Remy Martin, not a freshman by any stretch obviously a 2,000 point scorer but what happens whenever you really need to get that guy acclimated in those first few games get him to learn your system and whatnot, drives me crazy when they don't do it Landon, do you have confidence that they will change that?
1: Not, No, (laughs) I really don't honestly I think (laughs) he's going to do the exact same thing
0: there have been plenty of opportunities, whether it's Can- – and, and MJ Rice isn't the best example because he's been off and on hurt. But Kansas was blowing out West Virginia in the second half. Kansas was in complete control of the Kentucky game the last few minutes in the second half. You look back at the non-con schedule. They crushed Seton Hall. They crushed um, – uh, who, who are the some of those – they crushed Missouri, won that game big. Indiana. In control of Indiana. Those are the second halves where – you could absolutely get MJ Rice, Ernest, Uday, Zuby, Edja for more minutes than they have. They didn't, and we'll see if they end up paying the price for it. At Chocolate Shake, does Bill need to go back to suits? Lana, this is a good question for you because you love the suits.
1: I do like the suits. Um, I mean, obviously, whatever else he wears, very comfortable. But I like the look of the suits. I miss the
0: suits in college basketball. I do too. Yeah, you guys have both said that. I don't know. I John Calipari wasn't in a suit, but his team lost. Maybe that's why. Maybe he should have done it. Yeah, it was cool how they exactly. did it for coaches versus cancer. At KUJHawks underscore fan, last question I have, unless you guys have more, um, says, did Ernest solidify himself as the first big off the bench? Bill Self said today he would be, especially with the Edge of Four news. He also says Bobby should be the third guard off the bench. I think we all pretty much agree on that, yeah? Yeah, yeah he should be. If you ever have any AskRCBs, reply to the tweet or use the Twitter hashtag AskRCB and I'll find it at some point in the future. Just probably won't be the show that you you, you think it is. And now I scroll back to the air horns. Alright boys, we got us a Sunflower Showdown to preview. It's the rematch. It is the first return game that the Jayhawks have played in their Big 12 schedule. How's it going to go? Number 7, Kansas State at number 8, Kansas. On Tuesday, the final day of January at 7 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse.
1: K-State, they are 18-3 overall, 6-2 in the Big 12. That is tied for first place. And, of course, they are led by their two superstars. First up, 6-6 wing. Out of Florida, the transfer, Keontae Johnson, he averages 18 points and 8 rebounds. He is a high-volume, high-accuracy shooter, 53% from the floor, 38% from three. The Jayhawks learned that firsthand in Manhattan. He is paired with point guard Marquise Noel, who Kansas did a very good job against in Manhattan, Yeah. despite the L. He's still very good. Only 5'8", but he does average 17 points, top three nationally, 9 assists per game, Noel is also a 39% three-point shooter on six attempts per game. Uh, very, very dangerous duo in the backcourt for K-State.
0: And Kansas has had this happen against them multiple times in Manhattan. Three times off the top of my mind, where they did a really good job against Kansas State's main point guard, only to have the backup do the damage. In 2015, they lost out there when Marcus Foster was held without a basket, and Nigel Johnson went out, came out of nowhere and scored 20 look what happened in 2019 they did a really good job against Barry Brown who was one of the best players in the Big 12 only to have Cartier Jara as a freshman come out of nowhere and play really well had a big dunk in that game and then earlier this year again they did a great job on Noel held one of the leading scorers in the Big 12. Uh, to to, one, to way below his season average, only to have Desi Sims go off. K-State's always been kind of like Kansas in the sense where they have multiple point guards that can give quality minutes. It's not a shock to see those guys perform up to standards. Sorry, Nick, go for it.
2: Yeah, uh, the rest of the Wildcats include 6'10 center Naquan Tomlin, who averages 11-6, and 6, and a pair of guards in Cam Carter and Desi Sills, who normally sucks but burn KU in Manhattan.
0: Yep, speaking of. Kansas State loves to play fast. They are a good three-point shooting team. They're good at drawing fouls. And thanks to Noel, they boast elite ball movement. We've seen it before. This defense isn't necessarily anything to write home about, however. Uh, They struggle on the glass. And recently, especially, they've been very bad protecting the ball. It didn't kill them against Florida because Florida's not any good. It did hurt them against Iowa State. They shot the ball better than Iowa State did in that game. And they lost because they couldn't take care of the basketball. It's led to a lot of transition opportunities for their opponents. We saw the same thing happen uh, whenever they went down to Fort Worth and got rolled by TCU. If they cannot protect the ball, it is going to be hard for them to win any night, but especially at Allen Fieldhouse.
1: Despite the loss a couple weeks ago in Manhattan, Bill Self is 38-6 against K-State in his tenure. He's 23-1 against them in home and neutral site games. The Wildcats have lost 15 straight in Lawrence and are 1-27 in their last 28 games in Allen Fieldhouse,
0: one and 27 is uh, that's that's bad. That's that's very very bad. Is it going to be one and 28?
1: Yes, it will be. It will definitely be one and 28. Uh, K State is good. Kansas ends their three game streak. I think you are in for a buzzsaw night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think Kansas. Wins this game 85-70. I think they go away with it. I think they pull away late. Um, You're going to be in for a fun one, I think. I think you're going to see Jalen Wilson play really well. Grady Dick's going to play a lot. Or He's going to shoot a lot better, I think, than he did in Manhattan. Much more of a team performance than what you saw a couple weeks ago And the Jayhawks. uh, Turn a three-game losing streak into a two-game winning streak.
0: Okay, Nick, you confident? Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that this is pretty typical of KU to come off of a game uh, in Manhattan, loser, it's close, uh, and they go out and blitz K-State and in, in Lawrence. I mean, K-State hasn't really played close there in a, in a uh, very often, and I think that it just seems like the dynamics of the game, I think KU's, uh, it's premature, but I think they're going to be trending in the right direction after a streak of losses, and I think K-State's due to take, take some more L's in conference play. Um, and I don't know if they'll be rattled in this environment. They have some dogs, but... Uh, I think KU is going to come out of the gate strong and, and confident at home, back in Allen Fieldhouse, after a couple road games. And I think the, the fans will be energized and lead KU to a victory. I'm going to say 78 to 68
0: win for KU. Well, college basketball it's all about coaching. If you have a good coach, you're going to do just fine. Look at the job that Jerome Tang's done at K State, and that roster it has gotten a couple of big additions for sure. However, Acting like that this roster is substantially better than it was a year ago. They just got a couple new players and, boy, then they got a coach that could get the job done. One of my favorite Bill Cell stats. In 20 years of being a Jayhawk coach, he has never had a, had a game wherever... Uh, what am I trying to say here? Return games. He's lost to one Big 12 team on the road never lost whenever that same team came into Allen Fieldhouse later in the season so good at being prepared to not get swept by an opponent they've only been swept by two opponents in Big 12 play in his entire tenure here both of those games the first loss coming at Allen Fieldhouse then going on the road and losing the return game Kansas is going to be fired up against their in-state rival. They were right there last time. I agree. I think they're starting to heat back up a little bit, and I'm with you, Landon. I think this game is a bit of a buzzsaw. The Vegas Oddsmakers setting the line at 7. It's been a while since Kansas covered at home. I think they do here, and I think their offense puts on a show, and uh, the Wildcats just run into one here. Kansas 87, Kansas State 73. One of those games where we look at it and we think, wow, that's a big win for the Jayhawks. If if we're sitting here talking about a loss, what why what what's gonna what's gonna go wrong for us to to be talking about a loss?
1: Probably the same things that went wrong in Manhattan of just a team that only really has two scores, nothing else is really working. Of course, foul trouble is also a huge problem in that game as well. But um, I, I think if they lose, it'll be similar problems to what happened during the losing streak. Um, but I I think they're gonna be past
0: that. All right, let's pick some other games. Big 12 games. There's a good league schedule here going on this week. Let's see what happens. Number 11, Baylor at number 10, Texas on Big Monday, which I guess we're done with Bob Weschusen and Big Monday games. I think it's it's uh, it, it's uh, Shambi, is it now, right? Like I wonder when that happened. I like Shambi. That's okay. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. Uh, I think Texas wins. I do too. I do too. Number 13, Iowa State at Texas Tech. Big Monday, kind of. It's on one of the lesser networks. I'm going to say this is the spot where Texas Tech gets off the mat and gets their dub. Give me the Cyclones. Iowa State. West Virginia at number 15, TCU. Revenge game for the Horn Frogs, but they don't have Mike Miles. I still say it's enough. Give me the Horn Frogs. I agree. Yep. And Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Bedlam, part two. Give me the Sooners at home, even though they could absolutely fall flat and it wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah, give me the Sooners here. Uh
2: Oklahoma, yeah.
0: Other games. Number six, Virginia is on upset alert at Syracuse. Is tonight the night? I say it is not.
1: No, give me uh give me the Cavaliers here. Yep. Yeah, UVA.
0: Number twenty Clemson. First place, Clemson at Boston College. What happens here? Boston College sucks, so give me the Tigers clemson yep that was pretty much my uh rationale too landon boston college sucks big game here number 21 indiana at maryland i'm gonna take the upset here the hoosiers while they are playing better are preparing for a matchup with number one purdue at assembly hall on saturday i say they get caught looking ahead a little bit and they lose to the terrapins if for anything else then we can play the the turtle drop same indiana Number 17, Providence. At number 16, Xavier. I will go with the Musketeers. I think they're better, but it should be a very good game. Xavier. Xavier. And number 2, Tennessee on upset watch. They head to Gainesville to take on Florida. Number 2 feels awfully high for Tennessee, but I think they probably win this here. Florida is not anything I do to ride home about. I'm going to
1: take Florida in an upset
0: here. Next show will come out on Thursday night. The next game is a Saturday morning battle on Ames against the Iowa State Cyclones. Could be a game for first place. Until then, all right. This is that's that's our show. This is inside the paint. I'm Ryan Landry.
2: I'm Landon Fields. I'm also Landon Fields.
0: Whatever you do, kids, don't date a woman with tattoos. Say bye. Bye, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Suck on that, Joe Burrow.